Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Texas Trailhead Podcast. Hope everyone is doing well. We're halfway through May. It's been... It's been... (laughs) It's been kind of rainy here in Central Texas uh, this week, and it's supposed to rain all weekend. And normally I'd say that that is putting a damper on things, but... I gotta say, you know, when when the state parks announced that they were opening back up, a lot of people were pretty excited. And at first I was excited too, but I was like, you know, I think I'm going to wait a little bit and, 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 and just see kind of how crazy it is. And then, you know, I started to hear more about how they were really limiting the crowds. And I was like, okay, cool, that's probably going to be good to not make it so crowded and we went to Enchanted Rock and that was really fun but I've got to say like my whole thing with hiking is kind of really spontaneous when I when I decide what I'm where I'm going because I usually hike close to where I live because I got to be back normally normally I got to be back and uh pick up the little one from school so I only have a certain amount of time so I typically hike close by so in the past I I kind of don't know where I'm going until either the night before or that morning and with the new day use only reservations and like I said I, I understand why and this isn't a complaint but like I don't really want to plan that far ahead to hike and it's been a little I've just been a little bit more disinterested lately in doing state park hiking you know thinking that far ahead if I wanted to go somewhere a little bit more popular like I don't want to plan something that far out when when if you follow me on the Facebook page the Texas Trailhead I have a, a notice there that just says I'm on, I've been on furlough. So the store that I work for is closed, and I don't know as of this recording when it's going to be reopened. So there's a little bit of anxiousness with that as far as making long term plans. So the places I have been hiking, I talked about last week at the uh, San Marcos Greenbelt Alliance Trails, because that's you know, 10 minutes from my front door so I can go and and get a good hike in. And I would normally just do something like that more often, but I've been there a lot and I, I like to kind of mix up my hikes. So the whole planning that far ahead is a little just not as fun for me because I don't know if something's going to come up and then I would have to cancel, which again is also not that big of a deal. But Another thing about planning that far ahead, too, is the weather, especially if it's something that's a little bit farther out and we go as a family. It's like, you know, we make these reservations two weeks out and then like this weekend, the rain's been kind of shifty and it's a weekend that it rains at the park and it's spoiled. When I when I hike normally and it has that spontaneity, then I can just wake up and be like oh it's raining I guess I won't go there um yeah so the the weather thing has has been a little bit part of it too and and 
you know, I just, uh, I'm not saying I've lost my passion by any means, but I just got to just vocalize and vent a little bit to, to all of the listeners out there and, and wonder if y'all are kind of feeling the same thing, a little less desire and a little more discouraged to go to the state parks, even though under the circumstances, like I said, Enchanted Rock was actually kind of rad that there wasn't a million people there on a weekend, but what what do y'all what do y'all think? Is this is it fun for y'all? I know it's kind of moderating the comments on the Facebook pages for all the different parks. Everyone's has kind of mixed feelings and and just you know completely separate from safety precautions and whatnot. But you know trying to find parks that they want to go to and having them booked already far out or some of the state parks. That would be fun to go to, like Mustang Island, are actually only opening on the weekends. And right now, my wife has the ability to kind of just work from her laptop. But, um, you know, going on the weekends would be great, but going during the week would be kind of cool too, just for a quick day trip. Especially if we're still doing this when the little one is out of school for the summer so. Yeah, like I said, where, where do, how are y'all feeling? Are y'all still trying to go to this, the state parks? Are y'all still going to state parks that are close by? Let me know uh, in a, on the website. You can hit me up at the Texas Trailhead at gmail.com. If you listen to this episode, I really appreciate that. And you, you sending me a note as far as kind of how you're dealing with things. It's it's funny the waves of emotions about being outside. <laughs> like when this first started, I was like, oh, well, you can just hike in your front yard. And so, yeah, you can. But at this point, me and my daughter have gone for walks every single morning. So it's my neighborhood is getting kind of familiar. It's like, well, you can go to your local parks. Well, yeah, I've done that too. And then the state parks are there. But I just feel like it's not as fun to go for me when you have to plan that far out. That's all I'm saying. It's not It's not a huge, it's not a big, it's not that big of a deal. But just something I was thinking about going into this episode. What else? What else is going on out there? Y'all, y'all still hanging in there? Y'all making plans? I know Big Bend announced that they were planning on doing kind of a phased opening and I'm talking about the national park not the state park that is following the state park guidelines like all the other ones with the day use only but I saw Big Bend was going to do some phase opening I still think the camping is going to still be a little bit more spread out that was one of the original plans when this all went down if you listen a few weeks back that when the store closed that I work at, I was like, well, I'm going on a road trip. And then that kind of dissipated. But I feel like that's starting to kind of, that interest is starting to peak back up as it looks like the camping is going to get closer. And, and I know a lot of people are like, well, it's Big Bend. That place is huge. What? Why are they being so precautious? But I think a lot of it is the fact that the town around Big Bend isn't that big and and the businesses and places that you interact with are are small and if they just open open the floodgates and they're gonna have all these people there and it's just really hard to monitor and it only takes a couple bad apples that aren't gonna f- 
follow the guidelines and and at all and have complete disregard and I would love to think that people that enjoy the outdoors and enjoy nature have some kind of soft spot for helping each other out as a as humans but you know that's not always the case and this isn't really a contention contentious point for an argument or anything but you know they're they're being cautious and and I would rather them be cautious than just kind of let their guard down completely and and have these small towns just completely overrun because it it would happen there would be people coming from everywhere and there's just no way to monitor that that quickly so I totally get it but Big Ben was something in the news that was going to be opening up and like I said in a phased phased way soon so that's something uh, other than that, I, there hasn't really been that much outdoor news. The LCRA parks haven't really announced anything separate from their first day use parks only, but stick around um, to my social media channels for more updates on that. If you follow me on Instagram, that's at D-A-N-O, Dano Laurel, L-A-U-R-E-L. Starting tomorrow, I'm going to do 10 days of a fun little project. It's not a hiking trail per se. It's more of a driving trail. I teased it a little bit in last in the last episode. You can go back and check that out. But follow follow me on Instagram. There, I have a new video that I'm working on on YouTube. Busy, busy, busy. Quarantine has definitely helped uh, keep me productive. I'm not one that can just sit around all day and play video games. Nothing against that disclaimer, asterisk. For me, personally, I just, you know, that's kind of why I've been a a, a manager in retail for so long is you're always moving around, you're always talking to new people, but I I can't really sit still for too long. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm working on a new YouTube video for the trail that I was just on, Dante Trail, from the Purgatory Creek Nature Trail system for San Marcos. So that's been fun. YouTube's fun. It's not really my top priority as far as getting news and information out there. It's more of just a fun hobby. I like learning new things and video editing is something that I kind of get a joy out of and and just kind of putting your own creative twist on it and and then being inspired by kind of everything everything i watch in the small amount of time that i watch something that's not youtube um you know watching that i'd be like okay so that's that's b-roll and that's a cut and and i'm thinking about doing a fun little i don't know tutorial if if anyone shows any interest in it just a tutorial and kind of how to do some fun hiking videos from from a beginner and and maybe inspire somebody else i started following this account on instagram as well consider the wonders i think that's what they're called it's a it's a really fun family they've been going on these um, adventures in the last few weeks and they have really inspired me to keep keep editing and keep making some new videos i have a couple review videos i have one about solomon's that i actually did the podcast on and then I just put one about the Astral TR1 shoes that I talked about and the Coleman stove. So all of the things I've talked about on the podcast, it just gives kind of a different 
interpretation, if you will, about that material. So that's enough about me rambling for this week. If you enjoy the rambling, let me know. I can do more episodes of me just kind of talking on and on. Uh, I don't know how many people are back into a normal commute, but I really appreciate everyone that is still tuning in on a weekly basis. You can show that extra support by making a small contribution. You can start for as little as 99 cents a month. That helps kind of keep the sites going and, and, and keep all of the parks and all of that information coming. So that I would really appreciate that as well. As far as the content for this week's episode, I'm going to be talking about 16 of the state historic sites. There's some pretty neat ones around the state. Just letting y'all know which ones there are. For full details, you can go onto the Texas Trailhead website. And then on the second segment, I'm going to talk a little bit deeper about my favorite one, and that's going to be LBJ State Park and National Park. There's some really great stuff. They're all together, so you can knock them both out at once. So stay tuned and listen a little bit more about all of those. Welcome to the Texas Trailhead Podcast. Join me, Danny Laurel, as I share stories from the trails around Texas and more. I'll also talk about my favorite gear to use, camping tips, and feature interviews from others who enjoy the outdoors. So grab your backpack and put on your hiking shoes. This is the Texas Trailhead. If you're looking for some fun, outdoor knowledge during this time off from school, or if you just want to hike but also learn a little bit about Texas history, then I'm going to talk about the 16 historical Texas state parks. The Texas park system technically has 16 different state historic sites. Some are attached to state parks, and some are actually now partnered with the Texas Historical Commission. But they all usually have some kind of hiking and definitely plenty of info. Some of my favorite historical sites are Goliad, Kreisch Brewery, and what I'll talk about later in this episode, the LBJ State and National Parks. They each offer up something unique about Texas history and offer so much information in relatively small spaces. Some are more monumental, like battleships or lighthouses or battlegrounds that were important in various times of war, but they all offer that experience that makes you feel like you enjoy nature and learn something all at the same time. One place that's not part of these commissions, but still a fun visit, is the Texas State Cemetery, located in Austin, Texas. There are some notable Texas members here, including Stephen F. Austin. It's free to visit, so you can just park nearby and walk in. And they have different sections in the cemetery as well to encompass all aspects of Texas's history. Along with that, I'd say the state capital, I mean, you're in Austin already, but the state capital in Austin is definitely worth the visit. It's a open park. You can park downtown and walk, or you can park in the parking lot that borders the area. 
Right now on the weekend, we actually just went on Mother's Day and there was plenty of parking because everyone is trying to do their best to social distance. So we went and looked to see if there was a lot of people and there wasn't. So we were able to find a parking spot fairly easily. During the week, the state capitol is open, so you can actually go inside. And if you do go inside, I recommend doing two things. Walking to the middle, looking up, just being blown away by how amazing that is. Take a picture because, you know, get it for the gram. And then make your way to either the left or right side of the building and go up the fantastic wooden staircases as high as you think you can get. Sometimes they have some of the floors closed, but go go up. Keep going up. Keep going up. And then once you're as high as you think you can get, look down and just be amazed by how awesome that looks. And that's going to be the seal of Texas on the floor. And take a picture of that because, you know, if you take a picture, it'll last longer, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. But yeah, I am a big fan of the state capitol. And when the session is not going on, you can actually go into the um, representatives area where they do, you know, all the fun Texas representative and Senate things and kind of look around. It's it's I mean, it's a government building. So the taxpayers pay for that excess so we can go check it out. So you can definitely walk around. They're they're not going to let people just go anywhere if there's something important going on. On the weekends, though, there's nobody there, so it's closed. But the Texas State Capitol in itself is a pretty rad park. It's really green and lush, and there's trees. But they also have a lot of really awesome statues and monuments and some fixtures that are some original and some are replicas that are from various times of when that capital was functioning. So different parts of the capital's life, but pretty neat. I always tell people that if they've never been to Austin before, forget about, you know, shopping downtown or eating at all the amazing restaurants. They, they, they really need to make some time and go to the Texas state capital. So the state historic sites that I definitely recommend, and I'll run through these pretty quick, and maybe you've been to some of these before. So you have the Battleship Texas State Historic Site. You have Fanthorpe Inn. You have Fort Leeton. Fort Richardson. Then that's a state park and a historical site. You have Goliad, which is also a state park and a historical site. You have Weco Tanks, Ibid. You have the Kreisch Brewery, which is just the state historic site. And that one, I know, is now run by the Texas Historical Commission. You have Lepantitlin, which is a state historical site. You have the Lyndon B. Johnson State Park. You have Mission Rosario. You have Monument Hill. And Monument Hill is actually a twofer with the Kreisch Brewery, which is pretty, pretty cool. I'll talk about that in a second. You have Port Isabel Lighthouse. You have the San Jack Battleground or the San Jacinto Battleground. You have Seminole Canyon. Washington on the Brazos State Historical Site. And Zaragoza Birthplace. And the Zaragoza Birthplace is also another twofer. And that's going to be at Goliad State Park. 
So the Kreisch Brewery and the Monument Hill is going to be just, I guess, just near LaGrange. We were driving back from Houston and saw... So when we drive back from Houston to Central Texas, we normally just take 290. But for whatever reason, on this particular trip, it had us go to 10 and then cut up on 71 all the way to Bastrop. It was a much quicker route. And... If you're ever driving from Houston to San Marcos or Austin, I definitely recommend it. It's a really nice change. You don't go through as many small towns on the way back. But when you get to 71, you're going to pass multiple state parks, actually. Eventually, you'll end up passing um, Bisher State Park as well. And then you'll be right next to Bastrop State Park. So a lot, really, kind of off of 71. But... Um, the Kreisch Brewery and Monument Hill. Monument Hill is more historical. It's going to be where the Black Bean incident took place. And there is a nice monument for the Texans who uh, draw incorrectly or drew incorrectly and were shot dead. If you're not familiar with the Black Bean incident, I highly encourage you to check it out. And then the Kreisch Brewery, the, the, the Mr. Kreisch had the land and, and had this building and his house is still there on the property. And there are some nature trails that you can walk around and check out some of that. But there is an overlook that kind of looks into LaGrange, I guess. That's really, really neat. And I definitely recommend it. I don't know what the fees are offhand now that it's a Texas historical site, but I definitely think you should stop if you're ever making that drive. It's not going to hurt. It's There's not a lot there. You can definitely knock it out. We were there for maybe an hour, and that's because we were walking around and I was reading all of the signs. But it's been there for quite some time. It's just one of those places. It's not a state park. It's not, you know, Brazos. Uh, so it doesn't get that much traffic. When we were there, when it was part of the Texas State Park System, it was a donation only, so I just happened to have a five spot in my pocket, so I dropped that in the big clear box, and and the guy was really nice, and we walked around. It was a drizzly day, and um, so maybe that was why we didn't see that many people, but it just didn't look like it was that highly trafficked, but it's really neat. I definitely think... It is a a great spot to check out. So, yeah, those are the 16 historical sites that are state parks or state historical sites that you can visit. I have more information about them on the website. That is thetexastrailhead.com. And if you're on Facebook, look for me by the same name. And if you're a fan of this podcast, you'll hear it at the end at the end of this podcast. But I do have a donation button. If you like what you hear and want to help support, you can support this podcast with as little as 99 cents per month. It helps keep all of this going and and and, and show your support. And I really support it. And I really thank you for listening. I hope everyone is doing well out there. And yeah, take care. If future generations are to remember us more with gratitude than sorrow, we must achieve more than just the miracles of technology. We must also leave them a glimpse of the world as it was created, not just as it looked when we got through with it. Lyndon B. Johnson The Lyndon B. Johnson State Park and Historic Site is unique because the state park and the national park are linked. 
while the National Park headquarters focused more on the life of LBJ by showcasing his hometown where he grew up, the state park focuses on more of the history of Texas in the area. The National Historic Site and Ranch sits on the other side of the Pernalis River and features his active ranch, his White House, and airport hangar. And I say White House in quotes. It was just his presidential home out on the farm. One of the most interesting things that I enjoyed at the state park was the Sour Beckman Farm. There are different segments that reflect various decades of LBJ's life, and it showcases what life would be like before the internet or mobile phones. Here, you can see animals, which is nothing spectacular in itself, but you'll notice that the farm equipment is different. You'll notice some of the familiarities of a modern ranch are missing. You'll see the barn cat. You'll see the cement water troughs. You'll hear the chickens behind the house. You can even help out and grab some fresh eggs to bring inside. My daughter was super excited to find one egg seemingly laid for her to find. Inside the rooms, you'll find people going about their business, either preparing cotton or making supper, or just tending to the daily chores. You can engage with them. They're, they're not robots, after all. But people dedicating their lives to the preservation of simpler times. Don't get me wrong, this is no museum. Be prepared for warm temps in the summer and cold air during the fall or winter. But it's a good opportunity to slow down and reflect on what technology has done to the pace of our daily lives. The farm is open from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. September through May, and 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. from June to August. Now back to the visitor center. The visitor center has a ton of memorabilia about LBJ's life, and also the lives of prominent Texas members throughout history. There's also a gift shop that has a handful of fun Texas knickknacks for purchase. Just down the sidewalk from there is a bit more history of the surrounding areas, and even some videos you can watch to learn more about LBJ and the people that influenced his life. Now, there is a nature trail, and while this is technically a state park, it's more historic site than anything else. That being said, the nature trail is a fun walk that takes you from the headquarters to the Sour Beckman farm, and along the way, there is also some fun animal watching. To the east of the visitor center, you can find the official Texas Longhorn Herd, and right after the farm, you can find an American Bison Herd. If you want to see even more cattle, you can hop over to the Pernalis River and check out the LBJ Ranch that's part of the National Park. Overall, the Lyndon B. Johnson State Park is a fun state park to soak in some great Texas history. I highly recommend that you visit the National Park as well and visit his boyhood home in town, the ranch, and the airport hangar. And the boyhood home that's in town is literally in just a neighborhood in Johnson City. It's right next to the visitor center of the National Park. But when you visit the National Park Visitor Center, you'll be greeted by more kind of museum stuff, another gift shop, but it goes a little bit more in depth with his presidency and his legacy that's left behind. 
There is a short little walking tour that goes from the visitor center to his boyhood home. And there you'll learn about the home that he grew up in, just the day-to-day lives that people from that era had. And you'll learn about some of the areas of the house where he gave some of the great speeches and his family that he lived with. You'll also get to walk around on the property and, and just check out the neighborhood. It really fits in with the houses that are still there. Seems like everyone at that point could have been one of our former presidents. Back at the National Park Visitor Center, there isn't a whole lot left after that. To get the rest of the experience, you are going to need to go over to the ranch. Both sections are relatively close together, and I am missing some information on some of the other areas that are down the road, but those are just some more kind of open land exhibit type features that I definitely recommend you going to check out. But back on the ranch, it's pretty cool. You go in and you kind of drive around, I guess lengthwise, on the airport hangar for his airplane. And I'm not going to go into a huge history lesson of what life was like out on the ranch during his presidency. Sorry, but he was there quite often. At the time of my visit, though, the house or the White House was actually off limits. They were doing some fixing up of the place, if you will. So we didn't really get to go inside. We did get to see it from the outside and got to see the pool. You can see a picture of the pool from outside of the house on the Instagram page that I run. Next to the house, though, is a old garage of some classic cars. And that was pretty neat, but the cars are behind plexiglass. And then, though, is his airplane that they have that you can look at. It's really neat seeing those vintage planes and just kind of how small and compact everything was. But it is in a little kind of hangar, so it's open and you can walk up and take a nice picture. And behind that is, I guess, the rest of the gift exhibit. And in there, they have a room that features... A video that plays pretty much nonstop. And you can walk around there a little bit. But I think one of the other cool things that you can see at this place is his collection of hats. His Stetson Open Road hats. He gave a lot to gifts. And there's a little section that has all of the hat boxes. And they have names of various people that he gave the hats to. They also have the Stetson Open Road hats for sale. I was really close to buying one, but I I have two open roads already and I didn't really need another one. But the next time I go, I might not be able to resist because it's a color I still don't have yet. So overall, a really cool place. The National Park is actually a free entrance. You just have to get the little pass. And then the State Park, you pay to get in like any of the other state parks. The state park also has a baseball field and then kind of a lot of wildflowers. Lady Bird was a big, big fan of the of the wildflowers. And if you listen to one of my previous episodes of the Trail Foundation, I talked a little bit about her efforts in creating that space for the Austinites to enjoy. So overall, it's a really great place. It is a a fun, historic place to visit, a little bit of Texas history. And I definitely hope that y'all make it out and check it out. If you do make it out, let me know what you think.
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Texas Trailhead Podcast. If you like what you heard, please let me know by leaving feedback on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. You can find this on anchor.fm and just search the Texas Trailhead. Still looking for more? Click the links below to find the website, Facebook page, and see pictures from the outdoors on my Instagram page. So until next time, grab your backpack, put on your hiking shoes, and let's go out on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead.